Welcome to episode 111 of the Animal Addicts Podcast. On today's episode, Casey talks about diversity in the zoological profession, and I talk about a string of incidents at the Dallas Zoo. We learn about two new awesome favorites, and about our unique animal of the week. So without further ado, let's dive into episode 111 of the Animal Addicts Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 111 of the Animal Addicts Podcast. As always, we're your hosts, Allie. And Casey. And today we're going to we talk about... palindrome. We do! A very easy palindrome. Yes. <laughs> anyway, um, I don't know why that made me think of Taco Cat, because that's a palindrome. Yep. But anyway, there you go. Um, but we're going to talk about a whole new batch of super cool animals. But Casey, what have you been up to since last I saw you? Coyotes. Okay. <laughs> so, in Marietta, we've been having signs get posted up by the city regarding coyotes. That they exist and they're <laughs> present? Duh, <laughs> kind of. Um, so it's like, yeah, coyotes are in the area, and then like lists things not to do, and like the very first thing is like, do not feed them. Oh my god! It's like, and like, I'm sorry, but my neighbors are stupid. Okay. Like some of them have like these teeny tiny dogs. Coyote and, food. Coyote yeah. food is what they. And are. like, yeah. I whenever they leave their house, go do something, their dogs with them and unleashed, and it's like, it drives me nuts. That drives me nuts for two reasons, mm-hmm. but anyway, continue on, yeah. So yeah, yeah, coyote food, and you can run out and get hit by a car. Yeah. Um, but a, yeah. a myriad of other issues. They can also run up to another dog and get it in its face, and then get bit, and then make that yeah. mad get that dog get in trouble. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah, but it also reminds me of like some of my experience with coyotes. Like I remember me and my sister were just walking down the street, and it's funny because like people around there don't realize like there's coyotes. <laughs> it's like you're in California. There are coyotes everywhere. Yeah, I remember um, my. I think it was my dad walked by the neighbors once. He's like, yeah, you know, there was a coyote spotted down that way. Well, really? And then picked up their dog. He's like, why was it on the leash in the first place? First of all, it should be on the leash all the time. And also, you have a small dog. You yeah. should never have it. It should always be. You should get one of the little coyote vests. <laughs> little mohawk vests. Yes. I would t- if I had a small dog, you bet ah. they'd be wearing that. Just as a fashion statement, if oh nothing God. else. I'm like, you want to mess with me, birds, coyotes? Have at it. Because by the time you get this animal on its stomach, I'm going to be kicking you in the face. <laughs> yeah. But um, I also remember um, one time me and my sister were on, on a walk of uh, just our morning constitutional. Constitutional, yes. Yeah. I'm happy to And then that. there Thank was you. a um, coyote just trotting down yeah, the care. road. And it's like just passed by like nothing happened. They do not care. Yeah. And then I remember one time going to work and it's like I saw a coyote dart from somebody's bushes and start heading down the road and I think he would thought I was chasing him because you and I were just going the same direction <laughs> then he was like okay I'll turn this way of course I wasn't going that way so I just moved yeah. on yeah they but, do uh, not care yeah but also uh, um, at work we've had someone call in asking us to like remove coyotes from the area like it's where they live <laughs> yeah what do you want like, them to do we have to learn to we tell them we have to learn to live with them yes. not the other way around and it's like we, you can't even fish and wildlife can't even take out unless like people are feeding it or becoming preble animals. Right. Like, oh yeah, we get <sighs> calls like that. My God, I can't. People being stupid, I can't yeah. handle it. But it, it, it brings joy to your case because they're stupid. When you get the loony calls, it gets kind of funny. Oh my God, I'm like, uh, ma'am, <laughs> this is where they live. Would you like us to also remove birds? <laughs> like, I don't know what you want us to do here. Yeah, I just remember the funniest one story of all though was um, when we got this call from one lady asking, telling us about a snake she found in the road. She was like, I'm not sure if it's dead or alive. Um, it's like it's orange, it's all curled up. I don't want to get anywhere near it. So she took a picture of it from far away. Um, because she didn't want to get anywhere near it. Then uh, she was um, one of our my coworkers gave her, her her number so she could text the image. It's like it was far away, is like zoomed in, blurry, and it's like we took a better look at it. It was a rotten pumpkin <laughs> that had caved <laughs> in on itself. Oh 
my god first of all what orange snake is in we this were thinking area it was like some cut somebody's pet like, boa that yeah they or like out. a corn snake or something they got out yeah. like there's no orange native snake what are you talking about yeah. oh my god people are crazy it was funny because like we were thinking it was like we can't let it because it's cl- thinking like orange snake it's clearly like somebody's pet boa that yeah, they yeah. let out it's like we have to get her else it's going to freeze to death in uh-huh. the cold because it was when we were getting that really bad rain so hmm. we were prepared to get like our tubs and our snake hook. <laughs> then we saw the picture. <laughs> like that is a pumpkin, man. <laughs> Madam. Like... That is a pumpkin. Uh, oh yeah. my gosh. <laughs> I can't. I saw that makes me think of it's not really funny, but um I saw it's some also again why they shouldn't exist, because obviously people are stupid. They're in a it's a zoo, a drive through zoo, mm-hmm. already bad <laughs> in China. And it's like, I think they call it like the carnivore habitat or whatever. So it's like tigers and lions and shit like that. And mm-hmm. I don't know why they're all together. They shouldn't be. But anyway, this woman gets out of the car. I don't know if she got an argument with people in the car because you can't hear audio or anything. She gets out of the car. She's on like the passenger side. Mm-hmm. She gets out. She goes to the other side, opens up a door and is talking to someone. And the tiger comes and grabs her and then pulls her off screen. And then someone else in the car goes and gets her anyway. So she didn't die, but her friend who was trying to save her wound up dying. And you see, like, a vehicle, like, obviously, someone who works in the park go over there. So they probably did. I'm like, they probably freaking shot the tiger. Because you're fucking stupid enough to get out of your car. Anyway, this woman lived, and now she's suing them. Because there weren't enough signs posted saying how dangerous it was. And I'm just like, lady. And she's like, and the, the backlash I've been getting is more scary than, like, more fearful than the mouth of a tiger. I'm like, lady, Darwin, at its best. Like, unless you are, like, are mentally <laughs> handicapped in some way, like, there's no excuse for you being in a habitat with tigers and shit and you got out of the car. I'm like, no, that's just, you're a waste yeah, of Yeah, that's why when we have tours, we have people sign their life away. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, you cannot be that dumb. You don't need a sign to tell you don't get out with a tiger. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, so, and then there was another one in the same zoo. They had other footage of, like, a family outside the car, like, with little kids, just outside the car, trying to get stuff. And they had other ones, I think, at the same zoo, like, a bear's got his head, like, in the car. I think he was just eating, but still, like, and just, like, I, if you're that dumb, what what do you want us to do about it? Like, you don't you don't need to be here. I'm sorry. You know, I'm kind of surprised I've heard, like, the safari park have an incident of someone, like, just getting out from wandering off of the tram to somewhere. I'm, I mean, that happened with the elephants at the zoo. <laughs> they just yeah. wandered in, so it's not... Uh, the dogs got into the gorilla exhibit, so I'm sure a person could do it. <sighs> anyway, um, yeah, it's crazy. But anyway, I'm just like, I can't. I can't. And then also, like, the person who's trying to save you died because you're so stupid. Anyway, and then I think... That, I don't know if they had another fatality. They had other things. Another Anyway, I'm just like, first of all, you shouldn't exist because it's not safe for the animals. And then the people are feeding them, so God knows what they're feeding them. And then, obviously, you people are too stupid because you see it all the time, the national parks here, mm-hmm. where people are like, oh, let me go look up the bison and get close to it. I'm like, you just, that's just, you're dumb. Mm-hmm. And then there was one where a guy was driving through, I don't know where he was, somewhere in America, and there's an elk, a bull elk, <laughs> on the road, and he drives by, and he stops, and he's like, oh, you want to go? Like, he wasn't being super aggressive. He's just like, oh, what, you want to go or something? Instead of just driving by the elk. So the elk's just standing there, takes his antlers, pops a tire. <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> I'm like, you fucking idiot. You deserve that. And now what are you going to do? How are you going to get out and change that tire? You want to go face this elk? I'm like, you're dumb. I'm like, you deserve that. You deserve that, you idiot. Anyway, people just don't be stupid around animals. Yeah. That's just what like, it comes down to. Like, be smart. Are among the, deer are among the animals that sketch me out most. I Even the mule deer at the park, like when I go up in that what used to be <laughs> secluded, now mm-hmm. people go there up above the, you know, outback. Um I don't even like to get close to them because I'm yeah. like, you can kick me. You can kick me. And if you have antlers, you can stab me. Mm-hmm. I don't want to deal with you. Like, you're not that big, but I just don't want to deal with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I don't know. People are crazy. But, yeah. Now I'm thinking about all those stories. <laughs> don't pet the fluffy cow signs. All of the things. And then there was that one. What state was that with the wildlife thing? They're like, do not bring them to the house. But like, but they're so cute in smell lines. Oh, like, it, was so cute. it was Oklahoma. <laughs> that was so amazing. Their it was so amazing. Their whole thing was funny. so amazing. Like, do not bring them in. 
<laughs> and they're like, but they're so cute. Uh, anyway, um, it's great. Anyway, all right, moving on. Uh, kind of segueing into not running to deers into the uh in the animal park. I finally went to the animal park again for the first time since I hurt my foot back in October. So anyway, super exciting. I walked. I didn't have to ice my foot when I got home, so I'm super stoked about it. Hopefully, at least I can start doing stuff like that again. Anyway, so I went there, and the tree kangaroo was the most active I have ever seen the tree kangaroo cumulatively <laughs> all the times I've been there it was like hopping around on the ground I actually got to see its tail like and like actually out behind it it was climbing trees it was getting down it was crazy and the cassowary was right up against the glass you couldn't get a picture because of glare yeah but like its face is right there and I'm like wow the detail on your face and you couldn't see the feet very well because the glare so I'm like cool the detail mm-hmm. on your murder feet but anyway just gored and then he was like preening his feathers and stuff and I'm like oh your feathers are like cool because they're very thin and I'm like oh I want to like touch them anyway um no (laughs) obviously not murder bird for a reason anyway um but it was just really cool to see him and then um yeah and then I just you know did the tram and all that stuff so I just feel like I'd be really good at that job and I really should have that job I just want to give the tour so I don't really want to drive that thing that kind of sketches me out or if I feel person. like I would be like going up that hill, the one you're not supposed to stop on. Yeah. It's like I'd stop on it, I'd get us stuck. Yeah, I would not stop on that. I would not stop on that for anything. And if a deer ran out, I'm like, you better move. <laughs> I'm like, I would give the best tours anyway. Um, but yeah, so it was just really nice to go back. I haven't been there forever. And then I wound up being like an unofficial like guide to people there because um. <laughs> They were, I don't know, it's like three people. And they, I don't know what the fuck they were doing. And they were like, oh, what's over here? And I'm like, oh, that's the cassowary. And then, like, the tree kangaroo's right there. And I was like, this is the most movement I've ever seen out of it. So you have a good day. And then someone else was like, how do you get to the exit? How do you get there? <laughs> I'm like, you go this way. And then I was like, yeah, someone else. I think another couple saw me talking to them. So, like, how do you get to, like, the walkabout area? <laughs> and I'm like, you go down this way. I'm like, well, go see the platypus first. Also, the platypus was in the bottom pool. Never seen it. Oh, there, really? You've ever. never seen it down there? In the bottom one? Never. So I went to the waterfall. I've seen it like twice. And it was not there. And then finally, one of the other people in there spotted it. I'm like, oh, there you are, you little snot. Mm. Anyway, and the divider was up too. So I was like, I don't oh. know. Anyway, so, mm. anyways, the platypus was there. And the Joey refused to come out, but obviously oh. saw the mom who had the very full pouch. And occasionally you see like maybe a little tail, maybe a little foot, mm. maybe it was a nose. I don't know, but it wouldn't like fully. You know, it wouldn't show itself. So, anyway, I'm sad. And the geese are back in. So Oh, they are. They put them back in. Two of them decided to sleep in the middle of the path. I was like, you are going to get stepped on. Mm. Um, and then the wallabies. I just also am not good at identifying, differentiating, I should say, the wallabies from Joey's. <laughs> from the kangaroo Joey's. Wallabies have more rounded ears. Great. I will never know that. Whereas difference. kangaroos are more pointed. They huh. taper more. Okay. Excuse me. I just work with wallabies, so I don't have to worry about that. Yeah, I just—they're really cute. The wallabies are adorable, yeah. though. Anyway, but yeah, um, so the geese are back. Now that I'm staff, I don't work with the wallabies as much. Oh. Hmm? Anyway, but so it was really nice. It was very nice to go back, and then they have a baby okapi, but it was not out by the time I got oh. over there. Oh yeah, I've seen the videos of it. Of it running around. I watched that Przewalski horse too, and I like stopped on like the bridge area, and I'm like, can I see it? <laughs> I've been terrible the last few times it. I've been to Safari Park. I forget my binoculars every time to look. For, yeah, I didn't. I didn't bring them. I didn't bring them. Usually, I have them in my like um, hiking bag, and I didn't bring that. So, because it's been like borderline cold enough to need a real jacket, so I brought my big backpack mm-hmm. with my real jacket in it. And there's no room for anything else when I do that. Anyway, so that was that. And uh, and when I got my refill, the guy just gave it to me for free. So that was exciting. I, I love it when there's people. <laughs> I feel like they're probably just like, they may have gotten it today and I just don't want to deal with it. So there you go. And I'm like, great. Love it. Anyway. Um, so yeah, it was really fun. And yeah. Uh, but also, in other news, I was showing Casey Unrelated. If you, I don't know if I've brought them up before, but if you're on Twitter, Instagram, whatever, you should follow Cat Cosplay at cat underscore cosplay on Twitter, Instagram at all. They're amazing. I showed Casey. Are those cosplays not amazing? They're adorable. They're adorable. And let it be known, I actually don't like pet costumes. No, I don't like them, but these cats don't seem to care. And then mm-hmm. they show, the one I didn't show Casey too, like he's like sitting on a blanket, like holding a, a little like uh, gaming, not console, but the uh, controller. <laughs> like mm-hmm. what's this word? And he has a little feet up and stuff and they're like recreating a picture and they're like, how'd you get it to do it? It's like many treats. <laughs> 
<laughs> many treats he gets rewarded <laughs> and then anyway she's so cute but they're adorable and they show pictures of them without without their costumes on too but they just they tolerate this and they'll put on these costumes and they don't usually cats you know who put costumes on they have the like fuck you look in their eyes they don't right you saw the kitty yeah. he doesn't look pissed anyway it's amazing and these costumes are very very ornate it's amazing and they're just adorable especially if you like critical role or um many other things like um they have a i know they have a um oh my gosh hellfire club from that show <laughs> Stranger, Stranger things. things. Like, what is that Allie. called? Stranger Things and, like, a lot of things. I don't How know. They have, like, forget? Hobbit things. They have all kinds of stuff. It's really mm. cute. Anyway. And they, they reenact the, like, Jordy meme of the, like, of the Drake meme, essentially. Anyway. So, it's, it's great. You should check it out. I highly recommend it. All right. Moving on into things we want to talk about, though. Casey, take it away. Yes. So, given that it is Black History Month, I felt to it be appropriate to talk about some demographics in the zookeeper field. Okay. Yes. So I wish I could say my field is more diverse. Um, this is from a survey done by the American Association of Zookeepers. Okay. Uh, this was done back in 2016, and they found that 95.1% of the field is white. That makes sense. I don't think yeah. I've literally ever seen a zookeeper of color <laughs> at the park that I can think yeah. of offhand. <laughs> I know, like, I'm sure two. they're there, but I don't think I've seen them. Yeah. 3.28% um, are Hispanic or Latino. 2.5% are Asian or Pacific Islander, 1.9% are Black, and 1.4% are Native American. Huh, okay. Yep. So, um, one thing that has definitely shifted in the field is this field used to be very much completely dominated by men. And oh, okay. Now it's the complete opposite. Where, like, I am the only male staff. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yes, and it's a common occurrence where... Um, Animals may not like men because there are so many women that work with them. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. They're like, That no. is my scenario. Maybe they just don't like the energy. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, so that has shifted. Um, but even in like the higher positions, that hasn't shifted as much. Typically directors, curators, um, those tend to be men. men. Still. still men. Yeah. <laughs> so, but there is actually an association that helps um, with that, and that is AMZAP, or the Association of Minority Zoo and Aquarium Professionals. AMZAP's pretty cool. Yes. I like that. So basically what AMZAP does, it provides a resource for people that are of ethnic minority groups, and they provides them basically a network of zookeepers who are also minorities that are in the field, mm -hmm. um, provides them with resources for internships, volunteering, demonstrations, different potential career paths in this field and basically because um like i mentioned it's already not a particularly diverse um field though i did find out the southwest is the most diverse um with i can't remember the metric they use but it's like 17 percent diverse okay um so anyway and there's a bunch of mentors from different zoos and it's across the country in various states where you can even um once you join, you can even get a mentor, and they will help you basically guide through the process of getting into this field. I think it's also a large part has to do with education. Yeah. Um, because I remember um, when I was an undergrad and we were talking about um, diversity in the field, um, how my universe was pretty diverse. It was like at least a third are Hispanic and or um, Asian was mm -hmm. the ethnicities that were most predominant um but then uh and there was also a decent amount of african-americans in my university but then once you looked at like um graduate students that dropped down to like less than two percent oh, okay so i think a lot of it has to do with um education but also it's also important for having organizations like this to help reach out and promote it yep kind of like yep. girls and coding and stuff like that yep cool mm -hmm. Um. Awesome. Well, that's good. Yeah, I mm -hmm. did not really something I would have ever thought of before because mm -hmm. I haven't thought of. I wonder. Interesting. I wonder if people just aren't uh, interested in the field either. Not that I was in zoology yeah. classes, so <laughs> I can't really yeah <laughs> talk to that. But anyway, all right. Talk to that. Speak to that. Wow. Anyway, you know what I'm saying. Anyway, but that's good. They have something working on that though. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, um, from good news to bad news, <laughs> sort of weird news. Um, so the uh, Dallas Zoo has been having uh, all kinds of problems. Mm -hmm. So 
Um, there, I actually have two articles because since when I put this story in, another one came up with the development. So the first part was, the first article I should say uh, from CNN is, Dallas Zoo's missing tamarind monkeys have been found in a closet and investigators still want to find photographed man, police say. I'm not sure how they tracked them to the closet. I don't even think they say how they did that. But anyway, so two emperor tamarind monkeys missing since Monday from the Dallas Zoo were found alive Tuesday in the closet of an abandoned Dallas area home, officials said. The police say they still want to talk to a certain man in connection with the case. Anyway, they go on to say how they retrieved them. Um, and they got them back, so they're very happy about it, obviously. But as we get down into it, you can read the whole thing. Um, so, uh, let's see here. I'm just going to say what they, why they wanted to find this guy. So... Um, before they announced the monkeys were found, Dallas police released surveillance video and a photo of an unidentified man they wanted to speak to about the case. In the surveillance video, the man can be seen walking slowly down a nearly empty zoo sidewalk, looking back and forth as he moves. A second person also can be seen in the background, but that person walks in the opposite direction. In the still image, the man is wearing a navy blue hooded sweatshirt and navy and red uh, navy and red beanie cap and is eating a bag of Doritos. <laughs> That's random. Okay. Anyway, why that I don't know why that needed to be in there. <laughs> anyway, the zoo was closed for Monday due to inclement weather. The closure was later extended through Wednesday due to an ice storm impacting the area, as the zoo said. So this is where it gets crazy, though. So this was the fourth time that zoo discovered mm-hmm. possible tampering this month, it says. So um, it either discovered the animals or their enclosures may have been tampered with, including the unusual circumstances surrounding the death of a vulture last week. So the string events began on January 13th when a clouded leopard named Nova disappeared, prompting the zoo to close, as we talked about recently, clouded leopards and their crazy teeth. I would want to not have that around people, too. (laughs) Anyway, um, so it disappeared, prompting the zoo to close as they searched for the animal. Dallas police opened a criminal investigation after it was discovered that the fence around Nova's enclosure had been intentionally cut. Police said, what what are you going to do with a clouded leopard? You think you're going to grab the clouded leopard and steal that to do something with that? (laughs) Uh, how you are dumb. I blame like there's people like out the bigger cats the ones that I see people handling a lot are clouded leopards oh, I would say like servals and uh, caracals are constantly used as pets mm-hmm. anyway um, this was intentionally cut so while the feline was found close to her habitat later that day zoo personnel also found a similar cut had been made to the enclosure of some langer monkeys. Despite the new escape route, none of the monkeys left their habitat, the zoo said. Police said at the time that it was unknown if the two incidents are related. Following the incidents, the zoo installed additional security cameras, more than double its overnight security personnel, increased its overnight staffing, and began limiting some animals' ability to go outside overnight, President and CEO Greg Hudson said. But less than two weeks after the first discoveries, a vulture named Pin was found dead in his habitat, Hudson called the bird's death suspicious and said an unusual wound and injuries indicated Pin did not die from natural causes. Poor guy. He was the lappet-faced vulture, by the way. Oh. Yep. Anyway, so the zoo is offering a $10,000 reward for information leading to the arrest and indictment of a suspect in the vulture's death. And Dallas police are investigating all four incidents, a spokesperson said last week. The department is collaborating with U.S. Fish and Wildlife in the investigations. So... That's the stuff that was going on. So basically they had the snow leopard got out. The monkeys had their thing cut, but they didn't leave. And then the, the vulture died. And then the tamarind monkeys were stolen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that was all going on. I want to know how they stole those tamarinds. Because um, I, I work with a marmoset. Yeah. They're tiny tamarinds. Yeah, no. <laughs> anyway, so um, so anyway, so now we move on to the update. Suspect in Dallas Zoo's missing animal mysteries arrested facing animal cruelty charges. No shit. Anyway, so uh, police on Friday announced that they arrested a suspect in connection with a string of bizarre incidents at the Dallas Zoo that left cages cut, animals missing, and zoo officials scrambling for answers. Davian Irwin, 24, was booked into the Dallas County Jail Thursday night. Jail records show Irving faces six charges of animal cruelty in connection with two emperor tamarind monkeys that were stolen from the zoo earlier this week. Irvin was also facing burglary charges in relation to the tamarind monkey case and the disappearance of Nova, a four-year-old clouded leopard. On Friday, jail records showed Irvin's bail was set at twenty-five thousand. It was not immediately known if Irvin's, ha- if Irvin, excuse me, has an attorney. So, anyway, they go on. They have reasons to do that. He was the guy in the photo that they released earlier. So, there did they go. ask him why he had a bag of Cheetos? <laughs> Doritos. <laughs> that part's normal. <laughs> you eat snacks at the zoo. <laughs> anyway, so uh, they said a tip from public is how it helps. So on Thursday, police said they received a tip 
that Irvin was seen at the Dallas World Aquarium near animal exhibits. When officers responded, they saw Irwin get onto a dart rail, a train system serving the Dallas area. Officers later spotted Irvin nearby and took him to police headquarters for questioning. So anyway, the two Emperor Tremor monkeys, Bella and Finn, were unaccounted for in their habitat Monday morning, which we already knew about that. We told you in the last one. Um, anyway, so and then they found them in that empty house. So that guy is obviously in jail, but they were also saying, um, I swear that was in this article and I'm not seeing it now. Maybe it was a video. Anyway, so I think it was a zoo curator. Somebody at the zoo was saying that part of the problem um, is that especially on social media, they show people with um, exotic pets. Mm -hmm. So they say that basically contributes to this because obviously this guy is stealing them to sell them. Yeah. (laughs) So that's what's going on so yeah. i don't know what happened with the vulture i don't know if they're trying to steal the vulture but like with the monkeys especially monkeys that makes sense mm-hmm. um that they're trying to steal animals to then sell them basically as exotic pets so social media and all of that just you know promoting these pets is really bad and dangerous for animals and obviously if he's an aquarium probably trying to steal shit from there too yeah. anyway there was another facility down in florida um they were broken into and there were 12 squirrel monkeys taken yeah they found them yeah. And he was arrested. Yeah. So it's crazy that they do that because obviously it's bad for the animals. Yeah. And they were also talking about how stressful it would be for the animal if the guy comes into your, you know, in your home and is like trying to get you and everything. Mm-hmm. So it'd be stressful and all of that. So all around terrible. And I see so many caracals and servals as pets. I'm like, what is wrong with you? Yeah. What I remember when I was younger, I wanted one of those Savannah cats. Yeah. But now I don't because like you have to, because they're born sterile. Um, except the females um, mm-hmm. but people want like the more exotic looking more recent generations yeah so you have to have a captive population of servals to breed um to make those savannas yeah so yeah. not not great it's yeah. not good for the animals yeah. also you really should not have a cat that big i mean this is my cat with her claws not being yeah. trimmed right now a cat much bigger is going to do more damage mm-hmm. so and i mean the how your house must be ruined <laughs> i can't even imagine that you have any furniture left mm-hmm. Anyway, so um, so there you go. So stop trying to steal animals. But at least this guy has been arrested, but they have not necessarily connected him to the death of the vulture. So that is mm-hmm. weird. Anyway, so um, all right. Well, that's going to move us into our picks for this week. And it was Casey's turn mm-hmm. to choose. So what category did you choose? I went with Asian species of turtles and tortoises. Cool. And what did you choose? I went with the Chinese box turtle. Awesome. Tell us about them. Yes. So their scientific name is Coroflavo marginata. Okay. The Chinese box turtle is native to central China as well as some parts of Taiwan and Japan. They live in a variety of habitats due in part to them being a semi-aquatic species, but are usually found most often in evergreen forests, but may also live in grasslands or by water systems like rivers or streams. Many individuals live into their 20s, but may live up to 30 years. Um, They are relatively small species, usually around 15 to 16 centimeters long. But some may reach 23 centimeters. That's pretty small. Let's see. Yeah. Ooh, 16? Yep. And 23 is the mm-hmm. biggest? Yes. That's not very big. That's why it's a box turtle. Yep. Okay. This species of box turtle is omnivorous and feed on a re- wide range of food items, including snails, slugs, worms, berries, and leaves. Okay. Superficially, the Chinese box turtle resembles a tortoise because this species has a highly dumb shell, similar to many tortoise species. However, one can distinguish between box turtles and tortoises by looking at their feet. Tortoises are known as digitigrates, meaning they walk on their toes, and tortoises will also have very large blunt claws on their feet, which they will use for digging into the ground. Box turtles and other non-tortoise species are plantigrates, meaning they walk on the bottom of their feet. You will also notice they have don't have those broad, rounded claws, but theirs are very long and slender. These Chinese boxers are also also have a relatively elaborate courtship ritual in which the male will stretch out his neck and sway his neck back and forth. Aww. The head will be parallel to the ground and underneath the female's head. So then the turtle will eventually chase and catch each other and even overturn one another. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. And eventually the male will bite the front edge of her shell and shake her or nip at her front legs before mating. Weird. <laughs> like other turtles, uh, they implement the lay and leave strategy for survival in which the female will dig a nest about 10 centimeters deep 
lay her eggs, and be on her merry way after that. Doesn't that doesn't seem very deep at all. Oh my gosh. No wonder they get eaten. <laughs> Hell, four inches. <laughs> I could just dig that out with my hand, yeah. bare hand. Anyway, continue on. Sorry. A female, though, will lay up to three clutches of eggs each year. Like other turtle species, the Chinese box turtle's main defense when it is confronted by a predator will be to pull its head and legs into its shell until the threat has walked away. But there is a twist that gives the Chinese box turtle an edge in its form of protection. The top and bottom half of the shell is joined by ligaments instead of a bony bridge, and this is due to the fact that the bottom half of the shell has a hinge which is made up of ligaments, which allows it to close up even tighter, kind of like a clam, which makes it more difficult for predators to attack it. Wow. <laughs> the Chinese box turtle is currently listed as an endangered species by the IUCN Red List. One of the biggest threats this species is faces is collection for the exotic pet trade. They are also being threatened by economic development, which is driving collection of this species for both food and the medicinal market. Ugh, medicinal market drives me insane. Yep. Anyway. All right, cool. Well, they're awesome. I chose the Burmese star tortoise. Look at us. We both chose one of each, a turtle and a tortoise. Yep. Sort of, kind of. Anyway, all right. So their uh, scientific name is Geo Chiloni. That can't be right. Platinota is what I'm saying. The Burmese star tortoise is endemic to the deciduous forests of Myanmar. Uh, the species, like other tortoises, is long-lived and has been known to live to be 100 years old. Oh, boy. They are 25 to 35 centimeters long. Not huge, but not small. 35. There we go. About a little over 13 inches. And they weigh um, 250 to 500 grams. Like other tortoises, they are herbivorous and feed on grasses, mushrooms, and fruit. Over 90% of their diet is made up of very fibrous plants. This species is beneficial to the environment due to its diet because by eating such coarse vegetation in a very dry habitat, it allows plants to regrow rather than just sit and the heat to become dried out and wither away. The Burmese star tortoise is one of the most poorly studied tortoise species around and they are a very rare species so little is known about them. What we do know is they are mostly likely, most likely a diurnal species, given they have been observed being active during the daylight hours and tend to be more active in the morning and afternoons, even though it can get up to 37 degrees Celsius in summer months. We should have everything be Fahrenheit. That way we know how hot it is, what percentage. <laughs> anyway, they get the name star tortoise because of the radiating pattern on top of uh, part of their shell, which is known as the carapace. However, the underside of their shell, known as the plastron, that is correct. Cool, is less impressive and is usually a yellow color with a brown notch in each scoot. I'm gonna have to go look at that. <laughs> I've not seen the underside of them. Like many other tortoises, they have large pointed scales on their forelimbs, which aid it with locomotion, as well as digging into the ground. Did that not make you think of "Do the locomotion with me"? <laughs> Do you remember that? Like, there was a video on when I was a child mm. all the time. Anyway. All right. On the ground. The Burmese star tortoise is currently listed as critically endangered by the IUCN red list. Um, but their population is thankfully, but their population is thankfully on the rise. This tortoise's drastic decline in number is due to loss of habitat and illegal collection for the pet trade, medicine, and for food. This species actually went extinct in the wild in the mid-2000s, but has since been making one of the greatest conservation comebacks. This tortoise species was reduced at one point to 200 individuals, but now numbers in at over 14,000. Organizations like Minzontong, something like that, um, Wildlife Sanctuary, La, uh, La Cana, Can that just looks like Canada, <laughs> Cananda. Okay. La Cananda, I think. Something like that. Wildlife Sanctuary and, oh boy. Yadenabonzu yeah, <laughs> started a breeding program for these tortoises, then reintroducing them back into the wild. Now the conservation program includes moving nests into the wild to rebury the eggs in sanctuaries where they will hatch to live independently, and the survival rate with these methods have been around 50%. By spreading awareness of this species, more actions have been taken to protect them, and back in 2013, CITES granted the species the most restrictive protection in trade. 
Even though the species has been making a resounding comeback, there is still a lot of work needed to save the species, as most individuals still only exist in captivity, with only about a thousand living in their native habitat. Um, they are very gorgeous. I believe they have them at the zoo. Don't they? They have some sort of star yeah, tortoise. They I think have it's them. some. Anyway, they're very beautiful. They should not be pets. <laughs> I just, it's just a little rough to have a pet that lives longer than you. Because are you going to have children? And do your children want that so, pet? <laughs> so, Sulcata tortoises, you know. The yes, really of course. The giant ones, yeah. Yeah, those are the animals we get calls about the most. I'm sure, all the time. Mm-hmm. Is that because the owner passed away and the children don't want it? Or they just got too big, is my guess. It's mixed. Okay. <laughs> I would imagine, like, I didn't realize it was going to be this monstrous bigger than my dog thing <laughs> well like a lot of people believe the thing is like oh it won't outgrow its thing <laughs> like fish so stupid yeah and <laughs> not true guys not true for either yeah now uh that little tiny thing gets like over a hundred they get real big and they're real tiny um they're real tiny when they're little let me tell you they're adorable yes, but they, they do cute. not stay that way <laughs> no they end up like big tea at over a hundred they're giant and they're destructive honestly as well they're really good diggers and they mm. will break a lot of things and and there you go. Anyway, so. And you will have to will them, which means you have to have children. Yeah, you have to, or someone you can give them to who's yeah. going to outlive you, who's going to want to. Also, that's not an easy pet. Mm-hmm. So it's not just like giving someone a cat or a dog. Yeah. Like you have to have the proper, you can't just have that in an apartment. That's <laughs> not going to work out well. I bet they'd go through a wall. I would bet they could get through a wall. Pro- yeah. I think they could. If they really wanted to, they If could. they wanted to, they could do it. <laughs> anyway. If they were bored and stuck in a small space, I feel like they would. They'd be like, freedom! Mm. Anyway, no matter what, your carpet's definitely getting destroyed if you have carpet. Anywho, so um, that is going to bring us to our animal of the week. And our animal of the week this week is... The Chinese alligator. Are you doing an extra long one because last time's was weird? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Okay, anyway. The Chinese alligator. And last time we had a very kitty episode. This time we have a very reptile-y episode. Yes. Anyway, continue on. <laughs> Tell us about them. So they are in the order Crocodilia, and they're in their family. They are in the family Alligatoridae. Alligatoridae? Yes. That's Aiden. I love it. Okay. <laughs> I like that one. And their scientific name is Alligator Sinensis like it okay you know the american alligator's scientific name uh, well alligatore americanus no it's alligator mississippiensis oh you said that too before i think anyway <laughs> probably um so as of today the chinese alligator is restricted to the y- lower yangtze river in eastern china um it holds the distinction of being the only member of its family that lives outside of the americas this species prefer living in slower moving rivers and streams, as well as lakes and swamps. This species is a very long lived um, species, and in the wild they have been known to live 30 to 50 years, but in captivity they have been known to live up to 70 years. Ooh, wow. Mm-hmm. The Chinese alligator is substantially smaller than its American cousin and only gets to be 1.5 meters long. That's going to be hard to hold on the thing. Yeah. Anyway, over three feet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, while some have been recorded getting up to 1.7 meters long. That seems big. I'm used to them being pretty small. Yeah. Okay. Um, and they only weigh about 23 to 38 kilograms. Apart from size, another char- characteristic that sets the Chinese alligator apart from its cousin is that their eyelids have a bony plate that is lacking in the American alligators. And the Chinese alligators also have osteoderms on their underbelly, while American alligators' underbelly is smooth and softer. What is osteoderms? The hard scales that you see on their backs. Really? They have mm-hmm. it on their bellies? Yeah. Not completely, but yeah. Oh, they do have those on their bellies. That's more protected. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like their cousin, um, the Chinese alligator is an opportunistic predator, and they have been known to take on a variety of prey items like snails, crustaceans, fish, as well as waterfowl and rodents. It may come as a surprise to some, but alligators actually make incredibly good mothers. After mating, the female will construct a nest out of dirt and dead vegetation to lay her eggs in, and she will stay by to protect the nest from any predators that may be nearby. And her eggs synchronize their hatching, and when they come out, they will make a chirping, grunting-like noise um, that will be a signal to the mother that they are ready to come out. And she will come up to the nest and 
open it up, digging them out, and carry the hatchlings in her mouth down to the water. So that's basically how alligators do it, too, right? Is yeah. it a similar noise that those guys make? Mm-hmm. It's like so that. cute. That little, like, <laughs> It's so cute. <laughs> and the young will stay within the vicinity of the mother's territory for protection for a few weeks to even a couple years. Wow. Yep. Like their American cousins, they are very well adapted for life in the water, and they have webbed feet and a long rudder-like tail to help them swim. They also have a transparent third eyelid called a nictitating membrane that protects their eyes while they are submerged underwater, essentially giving them built-in goggles. That's cool. <laughs> With all these adaptations for life in the water, it may co- also come as a surprise that these guys are great excavators, and they will dig large tunnels with multiple chambers and entrances that they will rest in. They are mainly nocturnal species, so they will rest in these tunnels during the day and come out at night to hunt, and they will spend more time in these tunnels during the cold winter months. Both the Chinese and American alligators share an interesting trait uh, with a surprising relative, birds. Okay. They are all capable of closed mouth vocalizations, which is exactly as it sounds. They can produce sounds while their mouth is closed. So can we. Yes, but it's louder and more distinct. It's also lower frequency. Okay. Yeah. So, um, they're able to produce these vocalizations with their mouths. And in the case of alligators, they produce a low bellowing sound uh, that they will use during the breeding season to attract mates. Both birds and alligators are in a group called archosaurs, uh, which includes the dinosaurs, and scientists now suspect that this may provide some insect insight into how dinosaurs sound. And unlike the impressive roars in Jurassic Park uh, movies, uh, they probably sounded closer to a bellowing gator. Aww. <laughs> I hope baby dinosaurs sound like little baby gators. How cute would that be? That would be adorable. <laughs> Unfortunately for the Chinese alligator, it is headed in the way of the dinosaurs when it comes to extinction. Um, they are currently listed as a critically endangered species by the IUCN Red List. This species holds the unfortunate distinction of being the world's most endangered crocodilian, with less than 120 left in the wild. Oh my gosh. And there's only about 100 managed by the species survival plan in North American zoos. That's crazy. Don't yep. we have a couple of them at the zoo? Yeah, there's two. Okay. I never see them, but I know they're there. <laughs> they exist. Yep. Um, the species is mainly threatened by rapid decline in available habitat. Uh, along with habitat loss, they also have to deal with their food supply being contaminated by fertilizer and pesticide mm-hmm. as a result of the agricultural industry. There are breeding centers to help this species, and because of this, there are thousands of alligators in captivity in China, and currently the government is working to help restore alligator habitat in the hopes of eventually releasing them back into the wild. Okay. Yep. So there you go. Mm-hmm. Cool Chinese alligator. Yes. I remember when I first saw these guys at the zoo, I didn't even know Chinese alligators were a thing. I definitely didn't know they were a thing until I saw them there. Yes. And they're so small. They're cute. Yes. That's my problem. I'm always bad at identifying them. I'm like, is that a Chinese alligator or what's the other one? A caiman? Mm-hmm. Or those all look similar to me. Or like an American. Or Mike, is that a baby alligator <laughs> or is that a Chinese alligator or a caiman? I don't know the difference. Is this Gariel? Great. I know. I got that one. <laughs> they're distinctive. I can tell uh, you. I love Gariels. They're so cool. Anyway, uh, so Casey. Yes, What Allie. do you call a reptile who gives you directions while you're driving? Mm-hmm. I don't know. A navigator. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I like that see, one. See, I was thinking gator, but what gator? Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Oh. All right. Well, it is time for our challenge. And since it is the year of the rabbit. Something I did not know. There you go. Um, I have made a rabbit what challenge. What year were you in? I was tiger. I was last year. It was mine. Ah. Uh. Yeah. I'm the boar. So it should have been a better year for me, I feel like. But anyway, <laughs> apparently not. So a year, the year of the rabbit. So are you ready, Casey? Yes. Um, Do I need a timer? I'll give you 10 minutes, but I don't think you'll need it. Okay. All right, there are 12 questions. All right, so here we go. 10 okay. points each, so it's 120. And you know why there's 12 questions? For 12 months. 12 signs of the China exit. Oh. <laughs> but yes, yeah, also 12 months. Anyway, but those are the signs. All right. So anyway, I could not name all of them if I had to, but I could name half of them at least. All right. So here we go. All right. And go. All right. 
How many rabbit breeds does the Arba recognize? 32, 44, 50, or 65? I want to say 44. Incorrect. All right, we'll go through them at the end. All right, rabbits are known for their prolific breeding. What are their babies called? Bunnies? Wait. What are their babies called? I'll give you another try. I will accept one of two answers. There are two sort of answers for them. Kits? Okay, you got one of them. There we go. All right, and... uh, We've talked about SFO's wag, wag Brigade a few times, and now they have a bunny member. He just joined last year. Yeah. What is his name? Oh, gosh. I don't remember. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure he has an awesome name, too. I'm going to not remember this, and Stranger Things is on the mind, so Hopper. Okay, I mean, that's a great name. Anyway, it is not right, though. All right, this if you don't get this, Casey, I don't know what to do. Okay. All right, what is Bambi's friend's name? Thumper. There you go. <laughs> you got one. See, I put some easy ones in here for you. All right. And then um, what is the largest species of rabbit found in the contiguous United States? Largest species? Mm-hmm. I know the largest breed. I don't know a largest species. Hmm. I don't know my lagomorphs. Okay. It is the, uh, well, we'll say it at the end. <laughs> some kind of jackrabbit, I'm sure. Uh, Correct. It is some sort of jackrabbit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we have talked about two rabbit breeds. Mm-hmm. Name them. The Holland Lop. Mm-hmm. We just did the other one, like, not that long ago. <laughs> did we stay with a Dutch thing? No. I no, I went off a of Dutch. Holland Lop. Mm-hmm. Cornish Rex? No. Yeah. Rex was in the running for a while, though, but no. Ah. All right. If Again, if you don't get this, I don't know what to do. What's up, Doc? Is this famous animated rabbit's catchphrase? Bugs Bunny. There you go. Uh, <laughs> you got one. Oh, God. <laughs> All right. Um, I feel like we're getting to the point where there are people who won't know what that is. Anyway. Oh, that's sad. <laughs> how many species of rabbits are there in the world, around the world? How many species? Mm-hmm. Like actual species, like wild rabbits, not breeds. Mm. I'm going to say 60. <laughs> all right was i close not really high or low <laughs> high okay. all right jessica rabbit is not a rabbit but she is married to one what is his name roger good job yeah. roger rabbit roger rabbit all right rabbits used to be classified in the order rodentia until this year when they were moved into lagomorpha mm-hmm Oh my gosh. I don't think it was that recent, so. Nineteen thirty eight. Incorrect, I'm so sorry. <laughs> All right. What is a group of bunnies called? A group of bunnies. Mm-hmm. I wanna say mob. For some reason. No. I forget who a mob is. It's some it's like I feel like some sort of monkey. Really? Hmm. Anyway, alright, here's the last one. What is the name of the overachieving police bunny in Zootopia? Oh my gosh. Oh, I'm ashamed. <laughs> Officer Hops. This is my last question? Yes. Uh, I feel so ashamed. I can't remember her name. I will take Officer Hops. That is fine. Okay. <laughs> all right. We will go through them. First of all, let's see. You got one, two, three, four, five. <laughs> so 50 points out of 120. Okay. All right. So here are the answers. How many rabbit breeds does the Arbo recognize? It is 50, 
50 rabbit breeds. So many are Dutch. <laughs> anyway. All right. You ain't Dutch, you ain't much. <laughs> so rabbits are known for their prolific breeding. What are their babies called? Kittens or kits? Okay. Either one of those. So we've talked about SFO's Wag Brigade a few times, and now they have a bunny member. What is his name? It is Alex the Great. Uh, and he is very large. Mm. Anyway. What is Bambi's friend's name? Thumper, obviously. What is the largest species of rabbit found in the contiguous United States? That would be the white-tailed jackrabbit. They are up to 26 inches and up to 9.5 pounds. They're probably hideous looking. But that's rude. I'm anyway, sorry, but jackrabbits are ugly. You keep saying they're so ugly. They're just, they're fine. They're not, I mean, they're not cute, but they're not ugly. Mm. All right, we've talked about two rabbit breeds. Name them. It is the Holland Lopped and the Lion Head. <sighs> with their cute little fuzziness. We used to have a lion head. Anyway, what's up, Doc? Is this famous animal's rabbit, famous animated rabbit's catchphrase, Bugs Bunny? All right. How many species of rabbits are there around the world? It is 29. 29. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's like the jackrabbits, the hares, and the, you know, other guys, yeah. cottontails. All right. Jessica Rabbit is not a rabbit, but she is married to one. What is his name? It is Roger Rabbit. <laughs> rabbits used to be classified in the order Rodentia until this year when they were moved into Lagomorpha. It's also the same year that the Titanic sank. No. No. 1912. All right. I was right. You were were in the right century. Anyway, what is a group of rabbits called? It is a colony. Colony. A colony. Just think of them as colonizers because they breed so prolifically. Ah. And they spread out. Anyway. All right. So what is the name of the overachieving police bunny in Zootopia? It is Judy Hops. Judy. And in exciting news, that's getting a sequel. Yes. Not exciting about the other two movies getting sequels along with that, but... What Save other movies one. are getting? Uh, Toy Story is getting a five. Are you kidding? They should have ended at three. I mean, four was fine, but three was just such a nice, like, succinct ending and like ending this beautiful thing. And obviously, Frozen does not need another one. <laughs> I haven't even seen Frozen two yet. It's uh, uh, meh. It's meh. Okay. Um. Yeah. I still want to see it. But Zootopia, I'm like, heck yes, I will take. I a, love that. I movie. will take uh, absolutely a mm. sequel to that. Anyway, I love Zootopia. It's mm-hmm. great. Have you seen the video, too? There's one, and they're watching it at home, and they have their dog watching it, and they're like, you're going to start a howl, oh. and they all start howling, so the dog starts howling. Oh. He's so cute, cute, the baby. Anyway. All right, so you got 50 points out of 120. So, I mean, it could have been worse. Yep. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, that is going to bring us to our uh, the end of the episode and our last one for Asia, the end of episode 111. As always, we are your hosts, Allie. And Casey. And we will catch you on the next episode of the Animal Addicts Podcast.